Hello everybody, welcome to the On The Line Tennis Podcast, episode 14. It's myself, Jack, and my co-host today is... Uh, Damian Coast. hey, welcome. How are you doing, Damien? Uh, great, uh, very happy to be back here and talk about Indian Walls. Brilliant. The yeah. fifth slam or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they call it the fifth slam. Um, I think that's fair enough, actually. I think uh, this, this year, maybe not so much, the draws a little bit reduced. But yeah, it definitely deserves its name normally. It's, it's tennis paradise for sure. How much have you seen, Damien? You said you saw the matches sort of before the nighttime ones, but you've seen bits and pieces and stuff. Um, have you been able to keep up to date? Yeah, I'm up to date, but the the night matches have mostly eluded me. I, mm-hmm. uh, I had to get back to the, to the university, so also a normal sleeping schedule, sort of, mm-hmm. so... Uh, yeah, but it, it it it's definitely you know good for me that most of the challengers are uh, in European time zones. So yeah. you know by the evening I can, I I'm pretty much free to watch Indian Wells besides South America. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah, there's still a few challengers on at the moment, so I, I figured they'd take precedence. However, I'm sure yeah you've kept up to date on, on most of the stuff that's going on, so you um, you'll easily be able to keep up here. Um, today's schedule basically we're gonna run through. Each half of the the two singles draws, we'll start with the bottom half of the men's draw and the women's draw, and then we'll end with the top half of the men's draw and the women's draw. Um, We'll run through a few of the matches that have already happened, a few of the qualifiers, our our man here has all the expertise in that, of course, and we'll run through a few of the the matches that should be highlights as well. Just to clarify, those two bottom halves of the draw, by the time this podcast comes out, they will have already finished. So we're just we're going to talk about them briefly, talk about a few of the matches um, that, that should be highlights, but we won't dwell on them too much because obviously the results of them will already have happened. So um, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to labour anything that's already finished, basically. I'll just I'll cover all the players that were missing this week because as I was saying, it is a bit of a reduced draw. It's not quite the, 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 this, the, the grandeur of the fifth slam we normally get. On the men's side, for example, we're missing Djokovic, Nadal, Team Federer, Umber, Bublik, Bedene, Shardy, Celic, Choric, Cuevas, Gofan, Ivashka, Ranic, Vavrenka and Imer. And on the women's side, we're missing Barty, Sabalenka, Bencic, Kenan, Osaka, Brady, Mucheva, Alexandrova, Podoroska, Williams, Konta, McNally, Mladenovic, Van Utevank, Van Utvank even, and Besnina. Sounds like the women's draw is probably more reduced than the men's, actually. Um, they seem to have taken a bigger hit than the, the men have. I originally thought it was the, the men that were reduced, but there's a lot of uh, women's seeds that are, that are missing this year, definitely. But yeah, it's, it's a shame there's uh, so many people that aren't able to make it this time of year. Do you think it's anything to do with it being so late on in the year, Damien? Or... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still tough to travel to the States, so you know, it, yeah. it's not really a, a stream. Perhaps it would be better if it was Indian Wells and Miami at the same time. It, it would be more of an incentive yeah. to, to go to the States. But we need to get used to big, big free less tennis. Well, yeah, that's and true. Honestly, exactly. on, the, on the women's side, it's still super crazy. Everyone can win. Like, literally anyone in the draw right yeah. now. Can can win this. Emma Dukan was the bookies' top favorite to to win, and she went out. She went out. She was the, the bookies. Round. She was the bookies' favorite, was yep. she? Oh my god! Yep. That that's just that. That's not even media hype now. That's like expert hype as well. But I did not think she was the favorite. <laughs> got to say, yeah, but it's super hard to pick out anyone from the women's draw. And on the men's, we've got all the young top players. Obviously, besides some injuries, but. But the you know the guys who've done yeah. the best this year are there, and it's it's still obviously 
uh, a huge event. If it was best of five, we'd be inclined to call it the fifth slam. If if when it's best of three, okay, it's a very big tennis event. Yeah. The bottom half of the main draw. So these are the matches that will have already been played. But I'll, I'll just cover a few of the matches that have already been played. A few of the qualifiers and stuff. And um, so we'll have stuff that, that that is relevant, even if some of the matches are finished for our listeners. Start with Andy Murray. We've got to start with Andy Murray. Sorry, Damien. It's just a prerequisite of the podcast nowadays. Is what it is. He came through against Manorino. How much of that did you see? No, just just some points, honestly. No. Yeah, it was on it. It was on at night, obviously. So you might have seen a highlight or two, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. He played really well. He, he, say, he said himself he didn't try to overplay. He picked Manorino apart. Um, you know, very classic Andy uh, a match against Manorino. It's a good matchup for him, um, given Manorino doesn't absolutely blast the ball, really. Andy is amazing against those sort of, sorts of players. He always sort of outstick out consistencies them, if I wanted to oversimplify it. And he wasn't really getting, he wasn't shouting at himself or anything. He was serving quite well. I was very happy with it. He was good, but. He has to play Carlos Alcaraz next. Is this winnable? <laughs> winnable, of course, but I mean, uh, the conditions probably favor Alcar- Alcaraz. Like, it, mm-hmm. Murray has never historically done well in Indian Wells. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it makes sense because if you're thinking of hard courts that, you know, are sort of comparable to clay, mm-hmm. which was obviously Murray's worst surface, then, then I guess you'd name Indian Wells. Also high bouncing, right? So yeah. So so Alcaraz should be expected to do well in this, even though obviously he's still also like Raducanu, whom we mentioned just just a moment ago, very very young and raw. He can he can have some very you know the difference in quality between his performance varies, but yeah. just the con- if you're asking the, you know whether the conditions favor him or Mari, then it has no to be definitely Alcaraz, yeah. Yeah, you're you're quite right. Based on how he was playing the other day, though, I actually I'm I'm quite quite excited about that one. I think it could go either way, and I think I think uh, Alcaraz is going to turn up and he's going to be uh, he's going to be shaky. He's, he's been shaky quite often. I think even even in his U.S. Open run, he was quite shaky quite a lot of the time. I, maybe it's wishful thinking, but um, I'm I'm excited to to watch it anyway. It should be a good match. Besides that, in the bottom half, I think one of the most noteworthy things that happened was. Musetti continuing to to lose and he lost quite badly to Ramos Vinulis. Honestly, he, I think something's something has flicked. Like a switch has been flicked after Roland Garros, and I'm 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 very I'm normally not the guy who says this sort of thing. Like even with Shapovalov, you know, I was like he'll sort of bounce back. It's becoming it's getting to the point where he looks like he doesn't want to be out there sometimes. I don't know how much you watched it, but certainly when he lost against Kuzminov last week. Yep, in Sofia, he, yeah. He was very flat. Same against Ramos Vinulas. Just nothing like the player that we saw at the French Open. Yep. Should he should we be worried? I don't know. Uh, I I've heard he broke up with his girlfriend, and it was very hard for oh. him to deal with that. Like mm-hmm. some, required some sort of psychological help, mm-hmm. uh, and and it definitely looks like he he's he doesn't want to be out there, sort of. Yeah, so, yeah. So I wouldn't really read that much into it. He just maybe he just needs a prolonged break. Uh, yeah, but but it, it's getting it, it's getting pretty sad to watch him these days, especially as you know indoors he never really was good at like the the, the long wind backs he has. It's mm-hmm. easy to rush, but 
slow hardcore should be also like you know obviously he's always going to be the best in clay but slow hardcore he had that great run in uh, acapulco earlier in the season so Indian yeah. loss could be fairly similar so you know the, the extent yeah. of the loss was definitely a surprise to me as well but then obviously if you're having an off day it's, the conditions are amazing for his opponent as well so i you know yeah. it was quite it's quite a bad first round for him i guess at the same time, though, yeah, I, I, he's super young. You know, I'm not, I'm not like saying his career's over or anything, but I agree with you. I think he should take a bit of time off and, and reconvene. I don't know, get a different perspective or something, because the guy is just, yeah, super, super. He's a damp squib at the moment, definitely. It's a shame. I'd like to see him back in the horse because he's an amazing player. It would be really good. Um, yeah, those were sort of the picks of the bunch, definitely, of the matches that have been played. I want to talk a little bit about some of the qualifiers that are left, or they're left at the moment, obviously, Damien, by the time this pod comes out, a lot of these guys will be out, probably. But um, just running through a couple of the, or, or all the qualifier names that are left, sorry, I wanted to gauge with you, who, who do you think has the best chance of going through? Is that all right? Is that putting mm-hmm. you on the spot? Sure. So we've got Tabilo is against Berrettini. We've got Eubanks against Basil Ashville. We've got Gomez against PCB. Incidentally, Gomez... Uh, put your favourite player out of the tournament, by the way, um, Damien. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, R.I.P. Escobedo v. v. Garen and Vukic v. Dimonor. Who do you think's got the best chance of going through? Well, definitely not Emilio Gomez, honestly. <laughs> he, I think he felt very well in these matchups, like Karlovic or uh, Alex Kovacevic. He just, you know, who could counter punch all day long and Karenio Busta is is definitely a player that should uh, just just out rally him that, that, that that's all uh, mm-hmm. I I've been really impressed by Alejandro Tabilo but I wouldn't really see him going through Berrettini of course but it's... he 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 has some amazing results in his qualifying as well does he not yeah, like and also the the one against Kudla in the first round like before this year, Alejandro Tabilo was considered a full-on clay court specialist. And right. the fact that he's doing this, or for example, like because here we said that the conditions are very slow and all, but mm-hmm. two months ago he reached the finals at Lexington at the Challenger. It was his first Challenger final, and the fact that he's doing it on hard courts is pretty shocking when you uh, if you followed his career before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously he has a very tough opponent. So it brings me to three guys who I believe all have a very decent shot. Uh, I mean, Escobedo against Garin is definitely a chance. Escobedo played very well against Rune, although I feel like uh, this year I've already been... There were a few moments where I was like, yes, and Escobedo is finally playing his yeah. best tennis. And then, you know, I think it was the same in Miami. He won the qualies first round and then lost the second to like Lajovic or, or something, a very right. winnable matchup where he absolutely didn't play his best at all. I think mm-hmm. Alex Vukic has a great chance because Deminor is basically n- not in great form since, yeah, yeah. what was it, Wimbledon? Yeah, before Wimbledon he won in Eastburn, right? And yeah, then, yeah. And then, yeah, I t- and t- t- one match, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was going to touch on that. I said it in the last episode oh. as well. He's won one of his last eight matches, I think. So. Exactly. So that's yeah. why I think Vukic has the chance. Uh, not, slow conditions don't necessarily sweet him, but he hits so big from both the both the serve and both wings that that against an opponent who's slumping, it's it's very possible. But Chris Eubanks also a fantastic chance. We know how streaky and mercurial Basilashvili gets. So mm-hmm. yeah, another, yeah. another guy who has just amazing power. Obviously, 
that hole in the backhand, but if he can keep it about his serve, like Basilashvilia, you just never really know what to what to no. expect. So these yeah. three, I I would be surprised if neither of these three uh, is through. Like yeah, at, at least one of them should do it. I don't know cool. which one, but well, as well, Vukic and Escobedo, if um either of them went through, you know, Bigarin or Dimonor, you know, they're all in the same. Ah, okay. Pull of four players, so I could see one of the qualifiers getting through to the fourth round if they play well enough. Definitely, could be quite exciting. Um, I I don't think they'll get any further than that, but still, yeah, a deep run for a qualifier is quite nice to see. Sometimes the only other thing I was going to say was, I mean, this match will have been played by now, but the 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 match that you should be watching or should go back to watch probably will be Zverev v Brooksby. I think that could be an absolute electric match depending on how Brooks well depending on how Zverev's playing probably Brooksby's quite uh, level a lot of the time he tends to turn up and play the same game and I don't think the courts will be quite quick enough for Zverev to just blow Brooksby off the court so could be a really good match well I'm definitely watching that today Uh, as you said I I definitely agree that Brooksby is so mature and so you know he just knows he what he has to do on the court has such a unique game as well and yeah and just just knows how to um you know how to pilot it so to speak and and it's very I don't know (laughs) it's it's really a tough matchup if he's not playing well uh if he's not playing well it's a nightmare because he's never going to hit through Brooksby so that's what I watch, yeah. Yeah, I think that's um, that can probably sum up Brooksby, any of Brooksby's opponents, to be honest. He, he really has that sort of Simon game that if you're not playing well enough, it will be a nightmare to play him, definitely. <laughs> it should be amazing. I'm definitely going to cheer him for it as well. Moving on to the bottom half of the women's draw. And again, a lot of these matches will have been played, but I'll just cover a few of the ones that have already been already been played. So I start with Emma Raducanu, who lost to Sasnovich in the second round. For me, in slower conditions, Raducanu's usual tactic of returning hard down the middle of the court, and I think that was the ta- it was a, one of the main tactics in, in New York that um, got her to the title, to be honest. It doesn't work as well. Definitely, you know, the, the opponent will have a lot more time. I think she was aware of that. Going into, she's a really smart person. Like, I, every, sort of sidebar. All the sort of media hype and stuff that gets piled onto her, I don't know so much. Like, I don't really believe that that affects her too much because she's incredibly smart. She knows how to tune that out. She's been talking a lot about leaving her phone in the hotel and stuff. I don't think so much that all that sort of hype and pressure factored into this match too much. I think that the conditions, um, she's not got the sort of game that thrives on a slow court for me. Yeah, and Sasnovich played really well, to be honest. I, I think she was. She was quite up for the challenge of taking on the, you know, the person who, who's just won a Grand Slam, and certainly you've got a target on your back as soon as you win a tournament like that. You know, at 18 years old, obviously. Um, so a lot of people, a lot of players will come into the match swinging um, when they're playing Raducanu, which is also why it's so hard, I think, to get gain momentum after you you win a big tournament like that. But just just going through a few of the things she said as well, just to show you the maturity of her, because she really knows exactly what she's talking about. She said herself, she's really, really new to the tour. She said she was kind of glad that what happened today happened so she can learn from it and take it as a lesson, basically. Super mature outlook. She said if she just keeps putting additional thoughts in her head, i.e. pressure, um, then that would create a problem. Basically, she knows exactly how to deal with it. I was, I was really I, I, I was enthused by how she dealt with pressure 
the way she talked about how she dealt with pressure and I was definitely not that surprised when she lost. What do you think, Damien? Yeah, I mean, uh, she talks about dealing with pressure, but, you know, we don't really know if she's actually dealt with it. Like It That's might true. be ju just talk, but as you said, from her interviews, from her utterances anywhere, she seems very well prepared for the media hype, although it might get... No, it might get so huge. Maybe it's already so huge that that no one <laughs> is prepared for something like that. But yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I I saw some people saying stuff like, you know, yeah, now it's confirmed that she had a cakewalk draw at the U.S. Open. Like, come on. So, <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> it, it, it irritates me honestly to the point where I'm just you know starting trying to type up the the answer and then I, I, yeah, I just quit because it's not worth it. But, you mm -hmm. know, obviously it's until she does it again, it's uh, that these people are going to be there. And it, it actually, it's, uh, I guess, a very interesting point of discussion. Who is who is more, more harmful to her? Whether all the people that are saying, yes, you're the best talent ever, you're going to win 20 slams or oh, the ones God. that are going to say, yeah, that are going to say, <laughs> like, you had a cakewalk, uh, you bas you're basically not, I mean, nothing, like, uh, you know, one slam, what it is. <laughs> both, both, both groups of, of people are terrible. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and it's going to be very hard for her to, to deal with the media attention because I don't think anyone has ever gotten such like honestly because we live in the era of of internet right now these yeah she can get just even more attention it, it seems like serena williams must be getting but when but when the internet you know was sort of got more popular got more overwhelming serena was already i don't know 30 depends on when you when you put that barrier but she was a grown woman she was she was ready for it and and raducanu is in a spot where in tennis, at least, pretty much no no other sports person ever ever was. Yeah, you're quite right. It'll be interesting to see how what happens going forward because there hasn't really been anybody in, in history that has had to deal with all of this. So, um, yeah, a shame she lost, but you know she'll be fine moving forward. I'm sure. Um, if she if she keeps up this outlook, definitely. The other finalist, Leila Fernandez, made it through her match against Coronet six two six three. She hit 24 winners in 17, 18 games. 17 games? That's really impressive. I, I, so, so impressive. I, I thought she looked amazing in her match. I, the way she's approached every single match at New York, honestly, she was just like having fun every single time she went onto the court. I think she's keeping up that outlook, definitely. She's playing doubles while she's here as well. I don't know if that kind of is part and parcel of that, but she's playing with golf. Yeah, I'm, I, was, I was really impressed with her win over Corny, and I think she genuinely could be a threat to anybody going forward in this tournament yeah i mean I, I think the difference in approaching their matches at the u.s open was that you know raducanu could have that attitude because she was basically going out of nowhere and fernandez was so close to being out of the tournament so many times that at yeah. some point you just feel like yeah, yeah like you're you know you're on the second life or yeah, something yeah. and it, it's great that she's you know that she is it her first match since the US Open I think so but I think so I not 100% sure but yeah me, me, me neither but anyhow uh, 24 winners for someone who's not you know doesn't exactly have you know huge attacking weapons is uh, in what 59 points I think your your doc said yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's that, that's pretty ridiculous yeah it's mad isn't it 
Yeah, uh, yeah, she'll be a threat to anybody, definitely. Um, so I'll be keeping an eye on her for sure. And the last person that was a little noteworthy, Ribikina. The reason Ribikina is a bit noteworthy is because I keep talking about her in this podcast. I think she's going to be the next big thing, to be honest. I just think she's got such a good game. There's still parts of her game that are a little bit lacking. As soon as those blanks are filled in, I think she could beat anybody in the world. She's got that um, big a game, definitely. But she lost to her countrywoman, Putin Seva, who obviously is in a little bit of form after reaching the, the final of Nur Sultan. However, yeah, the forehand looked really loose. She looked quite tentative. Everything I'd been saying before about her being the best player in the world potentially at some point, you know, I don't know. I really wasn't impressed actually. Um, and I, I, I don't know if it's a one-off or not, but yeah, I don't know. It's probably nothing to dwell on. I guess yeah. Putin Teva sort of fits with the Brooks B. Simon category, like you called it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. That when you're not on your game, it's going to be a real drag beating her or, or losing. Yeah, yeah. Could be the conditions, to be fair, as well. As well, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, however, she's played well at the French. I don't know. She's played well at the French Open before and stuff, so I, I don't know. She's quite comfortable in a slow court sometimes. I won't be down to it too much, but yeah, a bit of a shock loss, definitely. Uh, a few qualifiers, possibly. Do you mean see if you don't know about these? It's fine. Um, but I was there's only a couple of qualifiers left in this side of the draw. One of them is the lucky loser, Jasmine Paulini. She defeated Hontama, who I was talking about last week, who made her WTA main tour draw debut. Um, plucky, agile Japanese player, and she beat Mertens as well. Uh, she looked really good. She's got a lot of power for a small person. Um, she's five three in height. She she amazing power from the back of the court. She's going to be against Pegula in the next match. I think she's got a real chance of winning that. Uh, of course, and I imagine like the the slow conditions also kind of help her. But I don't know. I mean, Pegula has been just so good this year, and yeah. and she is a player, I guess, sort of in the Brooks v Simon Seva category as well. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, well, actually, it would also like uh, I imagine the the court set Indian Wells also is sweeter. Uh, I haven't seen the match against Hontama or against Mertens uh, mm-hmm. from Paulini. Uh, Hontama is actually someone I, I believe I might have never seen on court. Like uh, her name has been popping up uh, <laughs> over mm-hmm. the past few weeks. Uh, yeah. But as I don't follow the the lower circuits of women's tennis that much, I, I st- I'm still yet to watch her. But I imagine there's going to be an opportunity in a week or two. Yeah, I think she's going to be around uh, for a while, definitely. She's um, super agile. She's she's really good at tracking down balls, amazing movement, um, the sort of game that could get in a lot of players' heads. We'll see what happens with Paulini. I mean, I, I was really impressed myself. So as you see, the Pagula is a really good player. A few of the, um, just moving on from that, uh, that, that's the only qualifier there. Sorry, Damien, I thought there was another one. A few of the highlights um, for the third round. Again, these will have been played, but I... Just a f- uh, watch a few back um, if you get the chance. Hopefully they'll be good anyway. There's a Kvitova v Azarenka, Halep v Sasnovich, Fernandez v Pavlichenkova is the ones I've put down as the picks of the letter. Any in there in particular you'd be interested in, Damien? Maybe Kvitova v Azarenka? Yeah. Hello? Yeah, Azarenka, that's the big one, I guess. <laughs> Az- uh, Azarenka's been a little bit suspect recently. She's not been amazing sometimes when she's been on court. 
I honestly don't really think so. Like, uh, I believe she's had a lot of events this year where she withdrew before her match, not lost. And oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. On, yeah, like four or five, which is pretty crazy, actually. And and I feel like most of the times when I watched her, she was actually playing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, j- just playing very well, but sort of not getting the results. But, you know, there's going to be... Or maybe you know, like the season is finishing, but I imagine there there is a possibility that there comes a week where the stars align and she can just yeah you know, get out of that second row she's sort of been in this year. Moving on from that half of the draw, if we could move on to the top half of the men's draw. So these will get played on Monday, so we can make a few predictions, I guess. Maybe who we think will go through and stuff, whatever. But I'll just talk quickly about a few of the matches we've already seen in the top half of the men's draw. So some of the Americans playing really well, which is good to see. TFO beating Pear and Corda confidently, even managing to bagel Corda. I was surprised to find out actually TFO has only won three consecutive Masters matches three times in his career, and they've all been in Miami. So if he were to come through the next match, it would be a bit of a stepping stone for him. However, the next match he, he will be playing is against Harkatch. Um, at the same time, he's got a 2-1 record against Harkatch. Do you fancy his chances against Hurkacz? It's very possible. I mean, Hurkacz is very streaky as well. Like he, he between the, for example, between the Miami final to Wimbledon semi, he only won one match. All on clay, though. <laughs> yeah, on all on clay. But uh, I think one, yeah, you know, actually, Maybe Grass was in the mix as well. Definitely in Stuttgart. Stuttgart, he lost to Stricker and then had to play Halle as well. I can't remember who he played there. But anyhow. Uh, yeah, it, it happens a lot generally to Horkacz, but so when I saw that he played so well against Popperin mm-hmm. uh, in this event, I imagine he should be up to the challenge, but I definitely wouldn't underestimate TFO with how well he's been playing in the past, I don't know, five, five maybe is a stretch, but let's say four months. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm certainly not underestimating the guy and I, lo- I love watching him, honestly. Oh, he's amazing. He enjoys being on the court. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you clearly see that he enjoys hitting, I don't know, a, a good shot, like not necessarily even a trick, but, you know, when, when he hits a good ball, he, he's really enjoying that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just great to see. It, 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 yeah, it always makes it more enjoyable to watch. One of the best moments in his last match it was when he ran into a ball boy by accident and seamlessly turned it, turned it into a hug. Mm. Uh, just hugging the ball boy. It's lovely. A lovely moment. I don't think I've ever seen that on a tennis court. And another moment as well where he had a big passing shot and he did this sort of like looking left to right, trying to find out where it went. He's such a showman. He's, he's a brilliant player. If I was looking just, just on the last two matches for him, He's been really impressive. I think he could have a chance against Tarkac, especially on a bit of a slower court. We'll see what happens. I think if there's going to be an upset in this half of the draw, that could be it. Big words, but we'll see. Moving on to another American that's playing well. Tommy Paul had to play Feliciano Lopez. Just a little bit of a note on Lopez. If you hadn't already seen this, Lopez beat Federer's record for most Masters 1000 appearances at 139. The Iron Man of Tennis. So despite going down the straight sets, yeah, Lopez, you know, he always puts up a good fight. He did play really well um, in the second set, at least anyway. Uh, so Tommy Paul had to play pretty well to, to get through that. And then he beat Lajovic. Obviously, Lajovic hasn't been having the best season, to be fair. Um, but it brings me on to the next match against Andrew Rublev. Tommy Paul's played Rublev, I think, three times now. And a couple of those matches have been super close. Certainly one in Madrid comes to mind earlier this year. 
I think, again, there could be an upset on the cards if the crowd get behind him enough because he's, he's one of those players that definitely draws in the crowd a bit. At the same time, what do you think? What do you think Rublev could just have a bit too much power for him? Yeah, I I, I, I get what you mean about crowds. It's it's kind of a similar case with TFO, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, honestly... <laughs> Uh, honestly, I just feel like Rublev should like the conditions, but then with a guy who hasn't really been on the on the big stage for for you know for the for a long time, uh, in 2020 we had no Indian Wells, so I guess there's like very li- little sample size to 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 say if if, if Rublev actually excels in these conditions. But mm-hmm. I don't know when you think about it, it, he's not actually you know. He's great in, on every surface besides grass, but I mean, I, I, I generally like him in sort of slower hardcore conditions, I guess, the, the most. The, that, that power really shines there. So, so mm-hmm. that, you know, my, my instinct says that, that he should be able to, to manage his way around this matchup. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, if, if Tommy Paul did get through it, it would be a massive, a massive win for him. Sorry, he's, he's, yeah. he's not had... Best of his career, probably, I p- guess. Potentially, yeah. One, one match against Dimitrov. Else comes to mind. I think he, yeah. he did have one match, or did he actually lose the match against Dimitrov? I can't remember. Uh, Austrian Open, five-setter. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I think Dimitrov won it, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm not 100% yeah. sure. But that, that came... Definitely a five-setter at <laughs> the Austrian Open, really. It was, definitely. I can't remember if he came through it now. Um scratch that either way yeah I, if he if he came through it yeah it'd be a massive win for him and he, i was quite impressed with how he played so one to keep an eye on definitely and the last american i'd like to talk about as well qualifier maxine cressy maxime cressy sorry held two match points against diego schwartzman absolute heartbreaker they were both on serve one of them was a 117 mile an hour second serve and volley that just missed the sideline second was a double fault He's obviously a really entertaining player to watch. He comes into the net a ton. And he wasn't even playing to his absolute best. You know, he 55% win rate at the net, 14 double faults, and he still managed to get two match points. Is it a matter of time before this guy breaks through? Is it like, you know, only is it a few matches in the future? Or do you think he just doesn't have a game that's sustainable for the top 50 in the world? For the top fifty, maybe, but in general, it's not sustainable. Like it, you know, you can lose to anyone, you can win against anyone. Mm-hmm. He he took out Karenio Busta at the, the U.S. Open. I definitely love watching him. Uh, it, it's a roller coaster every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the match against Schwartzman was <laughs> once again. I mean, as you said, like uh, issues with closing out matches and sets have definitely been something that's been dragging him down. Okay. Uh, Obviously, with the double faults, like he he serves, you know, pretty much first serve on both. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's it, I understand that he gets a lot of double faults, but that's that's how he plays like that. This just is written in his game. Like, yeah, he needs to do it because otherwise he wouldn't be successful. But it is an unfortunate problem that once the pressure comes in mm-hmm. he is more likely to uh, did he after that first double fault didn't he make another one um, uh, at, at deuce i think so maybe yeah yeah i mean it, it's really natural that when when there's pressure that's hitting that second serve as your first one gets a lot tougher that that bo- that service box gets smaller <laughs> yeah when you look at it and unfortunately but but he's a very entertaining guy 
uh, had that match against Tsitsipas in one of the hardcore slams where he was very competitive. Like he can pretty much be competitive against anyone, but he also loses to. Obviously, I don't like using words like I don't know, scrubs or something, but yeah, pretty much he can lose to anyone who has a decent, uh, no, decent two strokes because yeah. that, so, on some days that's the only thing that's required. Yeah, I, you know, at the same time, if we were gonna, if we were gonna counterbalance that, you know, the match against PCB, he saved match points in that match. Yep, I think they might have been on return. But nonetheless, or one of them both was, serve and return because I think they were in the fifth set tiebreak, yeah, right? He, and he, he, PCB led like six five, uh, not uh, six three. Yeah, and then he double faulted also, like PCB double faulted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was actually you know kind of a, an interesting moment because in Cressy's matches, it's it's not usually the opponent who double I know. faults. Yeah, is... yeah. I would I would be honestly shocked if he never reached the top one hundred. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, a fair analysis. He's definitely got a top one hundred game. I just wonder how, you know, I wonder where he maxes out. That's all. No pun intended. Um, we'll, we'll see what, you know, I'm I, I really impressed watching him. So I, I think if he puts pieces together, a few big wins, we could see him in the top 50, potentially. Big words, but. I, yeah, I love watching him as well. So I just, I, I always want to talk about him when he comes up, uh, Damien. Um, yeah. So yeah, sorry, moving on um, from the Americans. The only other match I wanted to talk about was Dan Evans coming through against Kane Ishikori. He was playing some amazing sort of squash shot type shots, some one-handed backhand passes. Did you see any of it? Or uh, I did see some bits of it, I think. Uh, I, I definitely watched Evans against Nishikori earlier this year at Ronald Garros. Yeah. And like Time. Evans had a very good shot at beating him there. And I, I thought, you know, Indian was are conditions which are significantly better for him. So glad he got the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, this is like it, it, it's it's not going to be a surprise that this is also a player that I enjoy watching because let's play because slice and and, uh, and I'm definitely happy whenever Dan Evans wins a tennis match. Yeah, I mean he's not like you know he's, he's not bloody uh, glued to the net, is he? He's a definitely an all court player. He can mm-hmm. he can hold his own from the back the baseline really easily. And against Schwartzman in the next match, I think you know there's the potential for some amazing baseline rallies there. Yeah, I I, I think I'm, I was really impressed with the way he played against Nishikori. He was in need of a bit of a big win. It had been a little while since he got a, a a a decent win. Dan Evans, I don't think that's unfair to say. And against Schwartzman, to be honest, I make him the favorite. I think Schwartzman's been playing below par the whole year. Uh, I think he's had like one top 30 win is what I was seeing in the last ep- podcast episode. One out of 11, I think, opportunities. So, yeah, I make him the favourite for the next match, definitely. Uh, a few other third round highlights as well. I've only got a couple here. I have put down Rude v Harris and Chapel v Karatsev, if they both turn up. I think Chapel v Karatsev, if they both turn up, will be the best match so far, potentially. And would be Harris. I think Harris, I don't think he's not underrated anymore. I think everybody knows he's a threat, definitely. At the same time, if he's serving well enough, I think I think that could be a really good match. Yeah, I, I also don't think really Harris falls into that underrated category anymore. I think everyone sort of could up to him. Yeah. But the the way he's been just Getting these top thirty, top twenty wins on hardcourts this season is is certainly 
just amazing when you when you think of the the player he was two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's playing Root, who's also improved massively on hard courts. Mm-hmm. Slow conditions, high bouncing conditions, so that suits him. Mm-hmm. I guess Harris just needs to try and overpower him and whether he can do that with enough consistency. We shall see. But I mean, Harris has definitely beaten better hardcore players than Root this season. So Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Nothing out of the question. In, fa- yeah. in fairness, in San Diego, I thought he was he was an amazing player, Root. And I think a big serving opponent like Harris could get a little bit extinguished by Root's new return. He's got, you know, he's, he's he's really improved his chip return, which I don't, I don't even think he had it at the start of the year. I'd have to properly properly look at some of the matches, but I can't, I can't think of a match where I've seen Rude consistently um, employ the chip return on a hard court. I think that, I think that'll just that'll make Harris a little weaker. I'm not saying Harris doesn't have a chance. But that's why I, that's why I've picked it as a good match. I certainly think Rude is the heavy favourite. I think. Yeah, I think he's got the game nowadays to re- to use his return to really unpick Addis, definitely. So, who, who, um, in which match did you did you see Rude using that that cheap return? It was in San Diego. He used it against. Uh-huh. It was his semi final match. Uh Dimitrov. Yeah, Dimitrov, and okay. and it's, it was the quarter final as well. It wasn't really against Andy so no, much. Sonego, yeah. Good memory. Uh, yeah, Good that, memory. That's, that's kind of news to me. <laughs> That's kind of news to me, but but okay. I I didn't watch much of San Diego to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that that's interesting. And if he has that weapon, indeed, then then he should use it against Harris. Yeah, he's probably the the best serving of the three. Uh, I I don't think he he had it at the beginning of the season, as you as you said, like the the matches or even later the the matches he lost so easily to Tsitsipas or Zverev at yeah at Cincy and Toronto. But but on clay, he he definitely didn't use it. Yeah, but he doesn't need to. Obviously, it wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't also really be working in his favor. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, that that's something to to see. He played Opelka in the Lever Cup, right? But they... yeah, yeah, and he beat he beat Opelka as well. Obviously, yeah, I, I beat him. I think I don't. I didn't see it. No. I didn't watch it either. To be fair, but yeah, it's, it's still the sort of match I would expect him to lose at the start of the year. And I think this is part of the reason why he's such a good article. He's a better hardcore at least nowadays. Um. So yeah, it'll be a really good match. I think it'll definitely worth watching if Harris is playing well. Not so much Rude, who obviously is in a vein of form that, you know, body talk, probably one of the three best players in the world at the moment, to be honest. Moving on to the top half of the women's draw. So a few of the matches we've already seen. One of the qualifiers I wanted to start with, Damien, um, your countrywoman, Magdalena Frech. Frech? Frech? Frech. 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 Uh, the the e is with a small I don't know thingy at the bottom, but it's probably not in in the it's not no, know, no. in the data that you see. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's I, Frank, I, but yeah, it's it's really hard. It's really hard. To yeah. be fair, I've just copied and pasted the name. There, there's no way. Uh, there's nothing on there. Freuk, I think. Is is that right? Maybe um, sort of, uh, sort of. Yeah, I I understand it. It's it's really hard. I don't expect anyone to get it. <laughs> oh, I hope I, I'll get it um, for next time. Definitely, if she comes up again, uh, we'll see. How much do you know about Frelk? <laughs> I mean, she she's been very uh, sort of around that you know one thirty ish level in the rankings for a really long time. Had a I can't remember the name of the city, but she won a big ITF this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the states, uh, and I, 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 I didn't really expect that she would be you know, so so competitive against Pliskova. Mm-hmm. 
But once, once you know, once Carolina hit her rhythm, I know. that match was over. Really, it was. And, yeah, yeah. She, yeah. She, you, you could just say, "What well, see what was what, what's gonna happen in like twenty minutes or thirty And yeah, yeah. And it did. She did. She did hit her stride. To be fair, uh, but I think Pleskov is a bit of an exception to the rule. There's very few players who can hit a hit a peak as high as Pleskova. I was I was impressed by Freok is my point i think um yeah she, mm-hmm. she she could find her way into the main draw of a, a few more events and i wouldn't be surprised definitely yeah just a, an interesting point a country woman of yours that's doing well damien or you know she's out of the tournament obviously but um did to held held her own well is what i mean still a very good run for her yeah, yeah. As, as i said she she had a pretty good summer with that uh with that itf title as well yeah yeah uh, one of the other matches as well victoria Golubic defeated Maria Sakari. I thought she was really impressive again. At the same time, you know, I'm a sucker for a one-handed backhand. Um, obviously looks really flashy and I was super impressed every single time she hit it. At the same time, she dealt with Sakari's serve really well. In fairness, it was under-firing a little bit in the conditions. It was quite difficult for her to get up in the point. Not worthy that she came through against Sakari because she's now against... Somebody a lot easier. Uh, I've lost it. Oh, Damien, do you know who it is off the top of your head? Um, uh, Anna Kalinskaya. Anna Kalinska. Did you say Anna Kalinskaya? Kalinskaya. Yeah, Kalinskaya. Uh, is is probably a player that I had like the biggest miss on because uh, back like five years ago, I can't remember what it was exactly, but she was playing in the Davis Cup tie against Czech, the Czech Republic, I think, or mm-hmm. it, it could have been a, a Belarus later. Like she was always really good in Davis Cup, and I watched her for the first time, and I was like, Jesus, this girl is going to be just in the top ten, in the top five. Give me everything. Something <laughs> like what you're saying about Ribakina, and yeah, and yeah. it hasn't really happened. But I'm super happy to see her uh, have a fantastic 2021, her first Grand Slam quarter quarter final. Is that the Fed also, Cup, by the way, sorry, it's Fed Cup. Uh, Fed Cup, yes, sorry, Fed Cup. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I was saying Davis Cup, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, now Billie Jean King Cup, but, yes. but back in the days it was it was Fed Cup. Mm-hmm. And after Wimbledon, she she actually had a couple of early losses. So to beat Vondrosova and Sakari back-to-back is definitely huge for her. I don't know if Kalinskaya can keep up this level that she had against Ribes Torvo, but they probably have never seen her play this well. Oh, really? So, okay. Yeah. And Golubic, Golubic defeated her in Monterey earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. But as I said, back, back then she had, uh, her form was a lot more even. Yeah. Right now, since Wimbledon, it, it was a lot of ups and downs. Actually, mostly downs. This is right. an up. So, so I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not really certain about what will happen there. Still, I, I think it's one of the most favorable next round opponents she could have had. In fact, probably... Definitely is bar one other qualifier that's in the draw um, on paper. I mean, so definitely a really good chance for her to go deep in the draw. That's all I'm saying. Um, we'll see. Uh, one of the other matches as well that was fairly noteworthy, Amanda Anisimova, who has been a bit spotty this season. But she said, one of the quotes she said, she's just being able to stay consistent the entire match. is something that she's worked hard on. Which, I mean, if you've watched Anna Samova, she is quite a hit or miss player, definitely. And, yeah, she, she's quite right. I think she's maybe she's taken a little bit off her ball. I don't know exactly what it is she's done, but she was more consistent against Camila Giorgi, definitely. Obviously, Camila Giorgi is kind of in the same boat as Anisimova. You know, they're quite part and parcel of the same player. However, you know, it was still a really impressive win. And for her to, to completely 
dispatch Katrina Scott in the first round. I think she'll have a really good chance against Krejcikova, who struggled in her last match as well. Um, and also Anisimova has had got history at Indian Wells. She defeated Kvitova on debut back in the day, I think, when she was only 17 years old. I think she was 17 years old at the time. So, yeah, I mean, Krejcikova is not in the best or hasn't looked her best at this tournament. Look out for her because I think she could do well and it's a very good chance for her to sort of turn her season around if she does manage to come through that. But yeah, I, I, I'm thinking Anisimova has a very good chance against Krejcikova as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I believe the higher bounce suits her as well. Like the, the, if the ball sits up, she can just do, and she can just do everything with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's gonna be hard to to react to. Although I obviously not a fan of her sort of one dimensionality. Yeah. But yeah. As 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 you said, it's it's a struggle for her to stay consistent. Yeah. So. I, you know, Kajikov is probably the polar opposite of Anisimova. Yep. Um, definitely. It, she could turn up and play really well. To be fair, I've been impressed with Kajikova the whole year. I think she could serve her way out of trouble against Anisimova. But that, that, that's why it's such an intriguing match. I think it's definitely worth watching because it, it could go either way. It depends what player's playing better. depends what player deals with the pressure better. But to be honest, if it's Krejcikova that has to deal with the pressure and not Anisimova, I would fancy Krejcikova's chances. I think she's one of the best players under pressure in the game. But yeah, we'll, we'll, see. we'll see. I think that'll be a really good match to watch, definitely. I'll be watching it. And the last one I wanted to talk about I'll talk about Tom Milanovic knocking out Muguruza in three sets. Obviously, Muguruza might have been a little bit tired after winning Chicago. To be fair, how you know, however, actually they did win the same amount of points. She did account for herself pretty well from the highlights I saw. She was just a little loose at times, a few too many unforced errors. Maybe that is fatigue coming into play. Um, either way, yeah, good opportunity for Tom Milanovic, who hadn't had a single top ten win, I think, this year. Yeah. Super good opportunity for her to go deep as well. She's been in the habit of not really getting that many deep draws, uh, deep runs at tournaments, if any. I don't want to slander her, but that's my gut feeling. Um, yeah, good opportunity for her to get a good... I mean, Tomanelovic was in the Wimbledon quarters this year. Uh, I thought it was the fourth uh, round, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking of... She, um, she Well, she benefited from Raducanu's retirement and then that lost was to Barty, but pretty soundly. Yeah, well, I mean, I was actually hoping for Muguruza to go well here because, like, when people look at, I feel like when people look back at this year for Muguruza, they're just gonna say, eh, uh. but honestly, no, she's been one of the most underrated players of the season to me. Definitely. And, like, the a big what-if what moment was at the Australian Open mm-hmm. when she had that two match points in the first set against Osaka, mm-hmm. like, had she converted that, I remember at that time I, I thought she was the strongest player left in the tournament. I'm just, you know, just thinking like what's what could have been, but we'll never know. Yeah, I agree with you. I did a little piece on her last week. I was just saying she's she's had she's been basically been posting some of the best numbers under pressure, better breakpoint conversion rate on return and serve than her normal serve and return rate. She has been amazing in return, one of the best players all year. I think is probably the lack of massive tournaments that she's won. I think she won. Did she win Dubai? Did she win it? <laughs> I think she did. I think, I, think she, I think she beat Krejcikova in the final. But other than that, yeah, I think it's the lack of massive tournaments that she's won that people underrate her a bit. But yeah. I totally agree with you. She's been one of the best players all year. Definitely. And just to end this half of the draw, the highlights, I think, the other ones to watch, probably... Depends how Andrescu's playing, but Andrescu v Contevic could be really good. Jabur v Collins 
and I've said Kajkova v Anisimova as well. What do you think any of those to watch? Would you watch any of them yourself? Shaber uh, against Daniel Collins. Mm-hmm. That's, I feel like, could be one of the most underrated ones of the round. Uh, I kind of like Daniel's chances there with the crowd. Also, like Def- she's one definitely. of the players who can really hit through the slower conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaber to me, works better when it's a little bit lower bouncing, a little bit sleeker maybe. But then again, she has such amazing variety then. You know, just another one of these fun contrasts of styles where one player just blasts every single yeah, ball yeah. and the other one does everything imaginable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I Jabir is probably my favorite player in the WTA Tour at the moment. I think she's so exciting to watch. She can she can not turn up sometimes, to be fair, but, you know, when she's in full flow, she's incredible. Definitely. Right. The thing I want to end on, Damien, hopefully not putting you on the spot too much, but I was maybe going to get a little pick for the tournament from you. Obviously, big words, but if you can put yourself on the line and pick a couple of winners for each tournament, what do you think? Uh, I like the I liked including you know the name of the podcast. Yes, I know. Yeah, I, I was I was aware of it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that was cool. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> uh, like from the from the men's, I'm probably looking at Medvedev. I pro I I, I had uh, some doubts, I'd mm-hmm. say, and then he cleared it up with that match against McDonald. Mm-hmm. Like I just can't go against him at the moment. I know. I, I just feel like Krajinovic hasn't been playing that well. Then he has Dimitrov Opelka, which. You know, it's only potentially dangerous if Opelka just absolutely blasts his serve, and that's in the quarters as well. Like. That that's already. I mean, he's already in the quarters. If he comes through that, I I feel like he's the very boring but very solid pick as well. Mm-hmm. I I still haven't seen Zverev like which could have influenced my my pick. I suppose. I think I think these are also very good uh, conditions for Tsitsipas. Yeah. Uh, once again, there we have pretty much no sample size because in 2020 there was no Indian Wells. Yeah. But he's like one two. I think historically in Indian Wells. I guess a lot of that is due to the fact that back in 2019 he wasn't the beast that he is right now. Yeah, exactly. And the the the, the high bounce it fits him quite well because he's so good on clay. His his one hander is actually one of the better ones in dealing with it. I yeah, imagine. yeah, definitely. So I would go with Medvedev, but I'm probably looking at the the big free sort of so to speak the big free that we're gonna know in a in a, in a year or two unless team comes back the new big free yeah exactly um i my pick for the tournament was casper rudd and it kind of it kind of falls into what i was saying earlier about his game being a lot more complete nowadays he just looks so good on retard it's hard to see anybody easily getting through him if somebody were to beat casper this this week i think it would have to be a a stellar performance, definitely. So, I love it. It's it's not a boring pick at all. No, it's, no, it's, not at all. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I respect it a lot. Yeah, yeah. It, it it would definitely be the um the biggest win of his life. And I mean, it's quite like team as well. Of his team, everybody was expecting team's first Masters title to come in bloody mm-hmm. Madrid or Rome or something, and then it, it happened in Indian Wales. So, and then also his first Grand Slam. Yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. I don't know, I've just maybe got that in my mind as well. Um, I'd like to see him do well, because I, I think he's a fantastic player too, so maybe there's a bit of that playing into it. But And um, for the women's, what do you think? Yeah, that's where the lottery starts. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Honestly, it could be almost anyone. Take a, yeah, be, take a name a hat. I would be surprised at uh, Hadat Maya or maybe maybe Kaliskaya winning it. <laughs> but then again, I'm going to go with Iga Świątek. Why not? I mean, she, she hasn't been playing well since on Garros, but the, the performance she is, she... Uh, she had against Petra Martic and then just now versus Veronika Kodermetova, which I honestly didn't see that much of because it's just on the other screen. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, <laughs> she, 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 she won. Could... Yeah, she yeah, won she one and zero. What? That's really? Like, oh my God. Yeah, that, that was an express train. And I, yeah. Just, um, yeah, I just feel like maybe maybe that's the form she she needs. She I, People, in, honestly, in Poland, people are so ungrateful. Like, Obviously, I'm not talking of big tennis fans, but mostly of the casuals. They they are just like, uh, yeah, she won Ron Garros last year. Why hasn't she won a slam uh, this year? That's and that's it's, the. Uh, it's not exclusive to Poland, Damien. Definitely. Obviously not. Yeah, yeah but I, I feel like I've I've seen that so much here, and I I don't know. She she's for these people. She's kind of lacking a big run this year. Yeah. which I guess she kind of does, but. Uh, like when when I watch her, I just know we're dealing with such a scale of of talent that yeah. it it doesn't matter if she's gonna win this event, she's gonna win a billion in, in the yeah, future. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. Exactly. So, she's also yeah, but mm-hmm. I was, was going to say she's been one of the most consistent slam players this year. People don't really realize that. The only one who the only woman who woman who was in the forefront at all the slams. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, but that's not enough. Well, it's not enough for a lot of people. Djokovic, Medvedev, and someone else, maybe Zverev was as well, but the only woman for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. But yeah, as as you say, it's not enough for almost all the casual tennis fans, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was close to picking Schwantip myself. However, I've uh, went out on a limb, and I've I kind of regret the choice now, to be honest. But I'm going with Angelique Kerber. <laughs> it could be absolutely knackered after a match against Sinyakova, mm-hmm. to be fair. Uh, but if that isn't the case, I think she's in a very kind section of the draw. I think she could, to be honest, the conditions don't suit her much as well. So this pick is is really um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not as uh, confident as it first was. I think it's probably my heart speaking here. I'd like her to do well. I just think she's played really well this year. She's come up. I think she came up against Barty a couple of times. I think in Cincinnati and or was it Toronto? One or the other. Toronto and Wimbledon. Cincinnati and, and Wimbledon, yeah. yeah. And, you know, obviously she played amazing in both matches, I think, if she comes up. That, that's another underrated performer, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, she was pretty poor at the start of the season, and then since grass, she, she's been amazing. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I, think, I think maybe her winning the tournament is probably a little bit too much in hindsight, but I'm going to stick with it. I think she'll she'll do maybe a semi-final at least. I think we can wrap up there. We've covered quite a lot, and I mean everybody's everybody's going to be. Uh, this is just this is just a recap of everything that's happened in Indian Wales so far. So you know we can't be talking about this for two hours, forty minutes, or wherever it was last time we were on. So <laughs> we need to keep it respect of a respectable length of time at least, David. So thank you very much for coming on. Um, it's a pleasure to talk to you as always. If you want to catch any of Damien's work, Damien, do you want to sell yourself a bit, or you know, no, you no. <laughs> let's just let's just finish with that. Uh, glad, to, yeah, it was it was a pleasure talking to you as well, and uh, yeah, thanks to the, the the people who listened and stayed to the end. Cool, fair enough. Thanks very much, Damien. If you want to follow him on Twitter, at least do that. You can uh, catch my work on JackEdward.substack.com. 
Thanks very much, guys, for listening. We'll catch you next time in the All Nine Tennis Podcast.